1: Pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money. But we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm
2: Doug Mateus, uh the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa, Uh, Running uh, different marketing functions, and the last job I had, I was privileged enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year on year growth. So that was a a great achievement uh, for the team, and and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, From a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing, so we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep,
1: that's right, Doc. Hey to all our listeners,
0: welcome to another Doc and the Guru as we move towards the business end of uh, this year's Marketing Achievement Awards. We've been profiling the young under 35 rising stars, and we also started last week with the top, the pinnacle award, uh, so to speak, of a market of the year. And today, uh, a big welcome to one of our finalists, Tiniko Mageza. Tiniko,
3: thanks very much for joining us from the v in, in Cape Town. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Doug. kind of devastated I didn't make it into the under 35. <laughs> but you, you know, know you what, I'll take it. You're like one
0: of those, you know, like one of those kids at school, they're an overachiever for the age group, so they can play like under 16 and first team. You know what I mean? They, can, <laughs> they, <can laughs> enter, they, they play the under 15 or under 16 game, and then someone gets hurt in the first side, and then they, they already... And then kids. they switch. they get on the hockey field, <laughs> netball field, swimming pool whatever the case may be so I
3: love that analogy that's exactly
0: it (laughs) well 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 firstly I mean well done it's a I mean it's a fantastic achievement uh getting into the top five marketers of the year in South Africa I mean it's just magnificent and and again a sincere well done uh for that I mean you you must be so proud
3: sure I am to be honest with you uh, and in the spirit of transparency, I am, yeah, I am, this is like not my comfort zone. (laughs) I usually speak on behalf of the brand as an extension of the brand um, and never in the context of like Dinigo as a marketer. Uh, So my imposter syndrome is on like a (laughs) hundred. I will be, but it's, it's honestly an, an absolute honor and a privilege and uh, thanks to, Firstly, to the people that nominated me, um, I, I mean, you know, that's amazing validation and it's more than I could ask for. And of course, for, um, to the adjudicators of this category of the awards, um, yeah, I, I, I honestly can't say much more than that, but I'm blown away and appreciative and so grateful. Yeah,
0: well, it's a pleasure, you know, speaking on behalf of, of the Judging Committee, uh, and and the organizers. So yeah, it's great. And I mean we've had a fantastic calibre of, of entrances here across both the individual as well as, you know, the uh the business categories if you like. So yeah, but as you say, you know, so often as marketers, we do, we get paid to promote the product, the service, whatever. But intrinsically our guess is ourselves and it's that balancing of, you know, personal ego and I guess Putting yourself out there versus you know uh, putting yourself out because people respect you as a person because they know that the work isn't done by the brand the work's done by by you and your team Humans. of many many different people, which is um, exactly what we want to get into. Janika, I think please if you don't mind just sharing. Uh, obviously, I've had the benefit because I sit on the judging committee. I've looked through your submission. So I know what it's all about. I know the goodness of the work that you've done. But let's talk a little bit about your role. You've been there four years. You started mm-hmm. a strategic marketing area from what was largely an eventing type team. So let's talk a little bit about the structure, the discipline that you brought in the business, and also the complexity of your constituents, tenants and, and the public, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that I want to chat about your specific entry you know uh, your the Africanness of, of some of the work that you brought in uh, and then the, you know your your South African Christmas type campaign, but all the stuff that that you've submitted so let's just chat about your uh, the start uh, of your journey and and uh, what's currently happening at the DNA.
3: Yeah so um I am Joburg born and bred um so moving to Cape Town was a complete leap of faith in many ways I do consider my marketing career to uh, as being a series of leaps of faith I started in uh, fast moving consumer goods I started at SAB which was like an incredible foundation for a little baby marketing <laughs> an aspiring baby marketer um and there it set the foundation and it set um uh, the scene for the rest of my career because not only did i get this uh, incredible foundation of like what it means to be a classical strategic marketer but i was exposed to and connected to some of the most incredible marketers some of whom have been nominated and have uh, a part of the judging panels you know i've i've just been exposed to amazing um, marketing minds um, my journey to the waterfront was, like I say, is a leap of faith. I was at Standard Bank when I was approached for this position. Little did I know that I would actually accept it. I only kind of indulged it because I was curious, like, what is this all about? The V&A waterfront um, um, is is my mandate to market a mall and a Ferris wheel. That's literally what I thought. Um but the universe is weird um, because it just, it, it has jokes. <laughs> so okay. what I thought was me indulging ended up being um, an opportunity for me to see a side of the waterfront that many people do not know. Um, and the the tipping point and the, the shift for me was walking around the property with some of the team um, that was part of the interview process. And they were kind of immersing me in what the waterfront is all about. And that's when I realized that beyond the mall and beyond the Ferris wheel, there are incredible people doing incredible things um, at the waterfront. Whether it is the small businesses that and the owners of those small businesses that have a dream, and the waterfront helps to facilitate and enable that, uh, or it could be the the visitor who who walks around the property and just and and the neighborhood and just uh, you know wants to feel inspired and wants to feel joy. And I just felt like that was my, that was my turning point. That was when I realized, okay, there is real possibility here. There's real opportunity. Um, So walking into the role, I don't think even within the business, there was anyone could have predicted how this marketing role has subsequently evolved um, it started off as a role that focused more on retail, the marketing, the retail side of the business. But I was given a lot of support and autonomy to rethink what the role of marketing at the, at the waterfront and the role of the brand. Um, so the starting point was firstly, reconsolidating, like, what does a strategic, classical Um, purpose-led marketing team look like? What are their focus areas? What drives them? What moves them? What inspires them? What is their role, not just within the business, but to the broader ecosystem? The next step was as as like reconsolidating the team. There was a lot of shifts moving people out um, from different um, departments because the team had been quite fragmented, uh, bringing in new capabilities that we didn't have um, previously. Um, and recontracting the role of marketing for the business. And then it was about looking at um, where where do we have gaps? Like when you look at a typical marketing function in other organizations, like where what do we have internally and where are there gaps? Um, and how do we fill those ga- gaps? How do we reskill within the team? How we how do we bring in new experience? And then once that was done, we got stuck into the work of creating. And that's where, you know, this concept of purposeful, intentional, purpose-led marketing came in. Um, And I I suppose our role has been to ignite (laughs) the flame of the business purpose, which has been to be this inspiring, inclusive neighborhood and articulating um, what that means from a and what that looks like from a marketing perspective, so that's that's it in a nutshell I, I I think that I've probably condensed four years of work into a few lines, but that's really like the steps that we've taken to get us to this point.
0: Sure, thanks and I mean again I've had the benefit of chatting with David as part of as part of your uh, process, and he also spoke about that holistic view. And also the complexity of your constituents. You know, we when I guess we as a, as a visitor of the Waterfront, and, and I, like many South Africans, have been there many times, and, and I enjoy it for different reasons. You know, but I go there and, and I do whatever, and I have a good time, and, and I leave. But I mean, your case, it's it's not just me, the tourist, uh, the local tourist, the international tourist, the different type of tourist. Uh, the during COVID tough tough times, the post COVID tourists, but also the whole value chain of all you know the small and big suppliers and big uh, uh, tenants in your in your mix, as well as residential. So so it's a very very complex mix of of people in in your marketing circle.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would imagine most marketers do believe that they're. Uh, their constituents or their segmentation is quite uh, complex, but it's only really in this context, the the waterfront context, that I've truly appreciated the complexity of it, because it spans across business to business as well as business to consumer. The business co- to consumer side is what you've touched on, and it's a very obvious like the visitor who comes to visit. They may enjoy. Uh, shopping, they want to eat, they probably want to be entertained, they may support some of our attractions, they want to get onto the water. So that's at a basic level. But the complexity comes in understanding what the role of the business is. So at a very basic level, the Waterfront is a property development company. That's what we do. We build buildings and we have tenants and there's this tenant-landlord relationship. Um, If you want to open up an office, you may consider opening up your office at the waterfront. If you want to start a business, a retail shop, you may consider doing that. If you want to have a hotel, uh, I'm not sure if you have a yacht, but if you want a yacht and you want to rent space for your yacht, you can do that with the waterfront um, and at the waterfront. So that's us from a property development perspective, which means those are the stakeholders that we need to engage with. But it's the things and the spaces between the buildings where some of that complexity also comes in because we are um, we are privately owned, but we operate like we are a public space. So a traditional property development company probably doesn't look at themselves as a public space and a an extension of the city of Cape Town and a neighbourhood. And once you see the waterfront as a neighbourhood, a neighbourhood that. Uh, drives passions, a neighborhood that fosters economic development and that's passionate about sustainability, that's where the nuance and the layers in terms of who we speak to, who we engage with, how we engage with them, what we say um, shifts fundamentally because then where it's incumbent on us to look at ourselves as less of a landlord where the relationship is transactional and more as an enabler, a facilitator, a partner, um, and, um, yeah, a platform for irrespective of whether you're a visitor or you are someone who wants to open a business, we can be that platform to support you in getting to um, your dream or your aspiration. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and I mean, I just I just love the the passion and authenticity of of how you tell the story to me that you've probably told many 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 different times to very different people, and, and I guess for, for I look at the Waterfront absolutely as an extension of Cape Town. I believe it's a, a South African jewel, you know. So we all own part of it, and we feel it's like one of those national national things. You know, it's like when, when our national team plays, we all feel part of it. And I guess that's, that's where it is, you know, as, as just such an iconic site. Tanika, I want to move tact now slightly, and it's, it's very related to, obviously, the waterfront, but your submission. And I want to speak specifically about your joy from Africa to the world. I want to talk about that African-ness, if that's the correct word, the authenticity of bringing fellow Africans along the journey and enriching their lives in in whichever shape or form so let's talk about your submission and also if you can please touch on on that particular campaign you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity Media.
3: Um So that particular campaign is probably like the jewel in our 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 business projects. I don't actually even see it as a campaign per se because that implies that it's finite and it has uh, very specific marketing objectives. I think what it is for us is like a mission statement, and it's the mission statement that um, is a dramatization of our business purpose to collectively create an inspiring and an inclusive neighborhood so if we use that as the source of inspiration it it kind of challenged us to rethink not just what we put out into the world but how we do it so everyone knows that uh probably every destination every mall around Christmas time we all put up Christmas decorations the waterfront has been doing that for decades um, and has been doing it really well like the Christmas at the Waterfront has been magical and it was always done in the most um, um, uh, aspirational, exclusive and sophisticated way. But once you run that, that particular, once we ran that particular campaign through the lens of creating an inspiring neighborhood within Cape Town, then that forced us to rethink how we approach it. If we're saying we wanna be inclusive, how, what does that look like? In the context of an initiative like Christmas decorations. Um, So that got us thinking that as opposed to potentially working with one or two suppliers, imagine if we could reimagine, imagine if we could recreate Christmas by working with locals. Local crafters, local makers, local designers, and effectively opening up our supply chain, democratizing our supply chain um, so that was the first thing. The second thing was the um acknowledging the fact that you know Christmas in Africa doesn't look like tinsel and snow and reindeers I've never even. I've I've never seen a reindeer in real life. Are, are they mythical creatures? They are actual real creatures, right? But anyway. Um, but most of us haven't seen a reindeer. It's not representative of what a local African Christmas looks like. So we were like, could we maybe create our own interpretation of what an authentic local Christmas looks like. Then the third thing is part of our business, um, part of the, one of the things that matters most to the waterfront by virtue of us being um, a working harbor, we are custodians of the this beautiful ocean that surrounds the waterfront. It's one of the reasons the waterfront is so special. Uh, it's, an, it's important for us to focus on sustainability, how we are ethical, um, in terms of how we source, how we're environmentally conscious, so then then again, we had to challenge ourselves, well, is tinsel and fake snow and um, you know sourcing from China is that ethical? Is it environmentally friendly? Is it sustainable? Probably not. So those were the three kind of pillars that informed us reimagining this festive decorations. But the reason I say it's more, it's less of a campaign and more of a platform and a mission statement is that those are the, the principles that we pull through into all our thinking from a marketing perspective. And as a business, are we supporting small businesses, small creatives, uh, young creators, young creators? Are we sustainable and pursuing an ethical way of doing things? Um, I, when I worked at Hollard, we often used to speak about um, or, or challenge ourselves to always think about things in a different way, that there is always a better way. So from a sustainability perspective, we know that there is always a better way. And third, can we be an authentic, if we are an extension of Cape Town and a neighborhood within the city of Cape Town at the tip of Africa, it should be us that showcases the very best of Africa. And to do that through the people of Africa who create these incredible things we are artistic we are in uh, we are creative we are um, there's just an innate sense of ingenuity can we use this neighborhood as a platform to showcase all those things and shift the per- per- perception of Africa from the dark continent to actually being a, a, a place of inspiration of creative inspiration because as they say Africa your time is now in Truly, the waterfront is the spotlight is on the waterfront because all these different cultures from all different parts of the world converge. So, it's almost like our responsibility and our duty to show up and show the best of Africa, irrespective of if it's someone who is traveling from Europe or it's you and me, as locals, as South Africans, who almost need to be reminded of why we're such a special nation and like why we're such a, why this continent is is so amazing and, and truly alive with possibilities.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And I think, you you know, you, you speak about showing up, and that's one of the the big things in leaders, you know, is pitching up, putting on your best face, but not doing it in a superficial manner, doing it in a way that you, you have depth, and layers of, of authenticity behind it and you're right you know from an African creative point of view well done um, and i mean i I've, I've had the benefit i guess of, of traveling to a few places around the world, including some waterfronts, San Francisco being an example, Marseille and a few other places and, and and in chatting with my wife, the natural thing is to compare it and we always say, but cape Town's better you know and and the is better you know and, and, and i mean we 've done that now for many years, looking. Uh, and anticipating that another place will be significantly better. I've yet to find that in a, in a precinct, like you say, it's, it ranges from your uh, very expensive yacht basin all the way through to very affordable eating in your food court, etc. So, well done. And, and, and I look forward to this year, uh, around Christmas, if I'm down in Cape Town, I'll certainly look at the 2022 version of um, of of the the African Christmas at the waterfront, and, I, and now I'm not going to see a dancing plastic reindeer.
3: <laughs> oh gosh, definitely,
0: <laughs>
3: definitely not. And if and if you do make it down, then please give me a ring. I will give you a tour and give really give a, you the like the to what, what experience.
0: And I, and I made the note, the spaces between the buildings, and I know you meant it in a metaphorical way, but I mean, I'd like to, you know, sometimes it's important to go where it says staff only, to see the real culture of, uh, we know that to be the case. We know that yeah. the hotel lobby, isn't the true, that's just the front of the thing. you know. So I can go into any of your smart restaurants and I'll see a facade, but it's when I go through the doors that say staff only, then I see the mm. true nature and culture. And I know in chatting with David that you're doing a lot of work with culture and making sure that that flows all the way through. Um, Tanuka, I'm just cognizant of time, and I mean, it's a fantastic chat okay. we're having. So I want to talk a little bit, just the, the last two points I want to touch on. Is advice from you to people out there. In other words, you're in the top five this year. What do people have to do, not to be like you, but to be successful? So, in other words, marketing skills, advice for young marketers, and what do you mm. think are the skills that are needed for today and for tomorrow as as marketers?
3: Oh, sure, that is a big question. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they they are they are obviously as marketers, we have to be data driven. Data is um, I hate to use the the expression, but data really is king um, and it is a a commodity it's um oh no a currency that's not a commodity it's a currency. so it goes without saying that da- being data driven gives us legitimacy um, uh, uh, being change ready for tech um, and digital that goes without saying. Um, customer experience and ex- actually more broader, the experience economy, that goes without saying because people are no longer buying into product. They are buying into experiences. And I should know working at the waterfront because yes, you can shop here, you can eat here. But it is, uh, when I refer to the spaces between the buildings, it really, that, that really is about creating an experience where people feel like they belong. So those are all three things that are probably essential to being a marketer of the future, but beyond that, I I guess I want to say that um, I don't know if it's a skill or if it's a characteristic, but I think it's important for marketers to be socially aware, but also personally aware, and to dig into their own personal passion point and bring in their own personal experience and, and pour themselves into their work. because work that comes from a real belief and authenticity and vulnerability can actually move people. So don't lose yourself in the creation and the pursuit for return on marketing investment and uh, justifying marketing spend and pushing out those campaigns and creating. Like there's something about digging deep into yourself and your experience and uh, your story and your narrative that I think is is important in delivering and and creating work that is compelling. Um, the socially aware part is important in creating work that is relevant and that and work that not just that doesn't just. Um, deliver on shareholder value, but helps to solve real human issues. So as marketers, we need to be aware of what's going on around us. It's, um, it's easy to live in our marketing bubble and to, to paint a dream world. But more than that, we need to give people hope. But in order to give people hope, we need to know where are their pain points, where's the pressure, where's the dysfunction, where's the discourse. Then you create work that actually does make a difference that moves beyond being gimmicks, um and that can almost leave like a legacy
0: yeah, absolutely, and I think and I can't remember as I was listening to you, I was making a note about and I don't know if it was in your submission or that David mentioned the moments that matter you know uh, and it's it's exactly those you know those magical touch points where. The, It's a little kid's first time at the waterfront, or whether it's a retired couple enjoying it, or a foreign or or domestic domestic traveler. Uh, It's about those moments that matter. Also, um, and I know this came uh, in in through was around servant leadership. Now I know the term very well. I, I, I haven't used it for a while. It seemed to have gone a little bit out of vogue. But I mean, David described you as a true servant leader, which just in our chat of 20 odd minutes now i get the sense that that really is the case that you really are authentic and as you pitch up is as you're going to play uh, for you and your staff so so well done i want to make two points you mentioned hollard now i don't know if you're aware but haley brower was in this category of finalists last year from hollard so so that's one thing and the second thing i want to mention is about authenticity and pitching up uh, another finalist from last year's category, Kinsani Nobundo, is the CMO at Nedbank. Mackenzie talks about how she pitched up at a board of Nedbank in her Converse. So, about that's her, you know. And and I mean, one doesn't have to go in a pair of sneakers to show authenticity, but it's about you and your point is, you know, don't get lost in the moment and sell yourself. So bring your best self to that. And uh, and hopefully that'll grow not only you but also the portfolio. So um, so thanks very much. Thanks for the chat. Thank it's thank you uh, yeah, for having me. It's been great. Tanika, so just as we close, if people want to chat yeah. with you on, on a social platform, are you on any are you on any platforms that they can reach out and, and either drop you a message or follow you or, or just learn from you?
3: Sure uh the best place to to reach out would probably be on linkedin because my profile is public i don't i'm not very active on it um but if there's one place to reach out that would be the best the best um the best platform yeah, yeah.
0: Things And even, you know, if you're not active, I mean, we always encourage our guests each week, not just to chat with Gordon and I, I know Gordon isn't with us today, but is to chat with our guests, you know, to to engage or in whichever shape or form. And sometimes, you know, it's not an immediate thing. Sometimes somebody listens to this and hopefully the messages resonate at some stage. It may very well be months down the road. That It's always a good time for, a, you know, for a good idea. So, again, I encourage our listeners to please just engage with all of our guests to obviously included. Um, as we move to the end, uh, the last thing from our side is uh, congratulations again and all the best for the awards. As I say, I'm on the judging committee. It's not easy. But there's some big... Some oh, big, I can big, imagine. Big, yeah. but.
3: Yeah. I I do not envy your job right
0: now. <laughs> you yeah. wanna, you know, the, the thing is you want to put yourself out there that you have and up with the best. So so well done again. Um thanks for that. And uh and as I say, all the best for, for the final announcement.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. Just the nomination in and of itself is more than enough for me. So I feel really privileged and um what a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for your time this morning.
0: Thanks very much. And to our listeners out there, another episode of the Doc and the Guru. That concludes this year's Marketing Awards. As I say, we spoke to the young under 35 rising stars last week uh, and the week before. And uh, then this week, we chatted with uh, some of the finalists of the Market of the Year Awards. From uh, from my side, uh, Doug Mataz, we'll catch you next time. See you then. And so that was another episode of the Doc and the Guru.
2: Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mateus. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and
1: certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative
0: businesses in the media industry.